Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's continue to remember our, our nation and our uh, our president, our president-elect. Um, <laughs> just remember both of them. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so very much, Lord, for this. Another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of podcast, Lord. I, God, I just thank you for this privilege. I thank you, God, for for using me, dear God. I thank you, God, for giving me the words to say. Lord, I just praise you for each and everything that you do for us, dear God, for, for all your many wonderful blessings. And God, now I ask, Lord, that you just move, dear God, in our in our nation, nation, dear God, Lord, that you will just have your way. And, and God, just help us, dear God, to get along and to uh, quit arguing and and. Uh, bickering over every little thing that goes on lord just give us a peace dear god to where that we can work together and to accomplish that which is good now god just take my mind and my lips dear god and just use them anoint them and use them dear god for your glory for it's in jesus wonderful name we pray amen amen <laughs> as i was praying there i just and uh, it just reminded me about uh, all the the quarrel and quarreling and uh, uh, everything that's going on right now, uh, especially between the president and the president elect and the president and the lawyers and the uh, the ones that counted the votes and all this stuff. And you know, uh, it reminds me a whole lot of, of Israel. Uh, they they complained about everything and. And they always went to to Moses and to Aaron or to Moses and, and uh, Elzar. They always went to them and they they complained to them. But what little that they didn't know is they were complaining to God also. And you know that's that's the one thing that uh, we need to be very careful about is is when we start complaining to a child of God, we're not only complaining to them, but we're also complaining to the Lord because, you know, we're, we are his. And, you know, we're, we're not acting on our own anymore. He is, he is working through us and he is moving through us. And it should be each and every one of our uh, desires as children of God to let him shine through us and let him be known through us so, so that others can see him in us and not so much us. But um, Joshua, uh, Moses uh, got Joshua set in to take his place, to lead the children and to uh, get the, the laws and everything from from God and to get give it down to them. Now then, God uh, told, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses, and we're in chapter 28 of Numbers. Uh, we're not, uh, possibly not going to do a whole lot of reading, and we're going to try to go through about three different, three or four different chapters to, uh, tonight, or this afternoon, uh, and just hit the highlights of these, because the Lord uh, now is is speaking to Moses and telling Moses that he needs to go back over all the different rules concerning uh, the different uh, offerings and sacrifices and uh, the regulations of the first fruits and all that. 
not so much for the ones that the elder ones, but this is this is for. And matter of fact, there's there's three different reasons why to do this. This, this reputation was necessary for at least uh, a few reasons. One. The people were about to enter the, the land God had given them and settled themselves in permanent homes. And this needed to be said so that they would not forget it when they get into the promised land and they get into those permanent homes. And because they, they have been, uh, they may have been a little lax on uh, a lot of this because of moving from place to place. Um, and traveling, you know, and, and they might have had to leave before the uh, morning sacrifice, and they may not have got there before the evening sacrifice. But you know, the Lord, the, that the Lord was in control of that, and He understood that also. Now, whether they made up for that later on, I don't know. Uh, but there, there's a possibility that they could have been a little lax in it. And number two is the people probably hadn't, uh, that were coming up now when the first time when the Lord told Moses to tell everybody all the different rules and regulations concerning the offerings and things, the ones that are of age now were all very small then. So they, they're not, they may have forgotten this, but you know, the, the thing about it is, is, this they shouldn't have forgotten it because this is where parents we come in we should have taught our our children the ways of god we have we should have taken them to church and we should have prayed with them uh various times during the day and we should uh, give god the thanks for our food before we eat it no matter if it's at home or if it's at school or if it's at a restaurant somewhere we should always give thanks for our food and and we should teach our children this and a lot of us as parents we have failed to to bring our children up in the ways of the lord uh, we we expect somebody else to do the teaching when we as parents whether you want to accept it or not 99 percent of of our teaching our children is done by our actions what we do as parents our children sees and then our children either they and our children will mock us and if we try to live a christian life and we try to live for the lord in front of them and do the things that are right they will do that themselves yes there is a good possibility that they may stray from the lord and it's a good possibility that they may get out and sin and get into things that they shouldn't get into but they will always remember mom and dad and how they lived and they'll always remember jesus so the thing about today's youth is mom and dad has failed to teach their children the ways of the lord and they have put them off on everybody else to teach them while they do the act the actual opposite of what everybody is trying to tell them is right so which one do you think they are going to act like
Which one do you think are, is going to get some more teaching done? That's what that's what worries me the most is we are not teaching our kids, and I, I'm guilty. I'm as guilty as the next person. I did not bring my daughter up completely the way that she should be, and I I done things that I shouldn't done, and that's on me, but. You know, she is still, she, she, I'm very proud of my daughter. Very proud of my daughter. But in, in chapter 28, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Command the children of Israel, and say unto them, My offering and my bread from my sacrifices made by fire for a sweet savor unto me shall ye observe to offer unto me in their due season. This is regulations for daily offerings. Now then, these daily offerings, they consist of the lamb uh, in the morning and the lamb in the afternoon or in the evening and a tenth part of a elf of flour for a meat offering mingled with fourth part of a hen of beaten oil. It is a continual burnt offering which was ordained in Mount Sinai for a sweet savor, a sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord. Now this, this is done every morning and every evening, seven days a week, this is the only thing that the Lord has let them that uh, told them that they could do on the Sabbath is this sacrifice, and this this fell falls on uh, the priest to do his to do this on the Sabbath day, and uh, that's all that can be done on the Sabbath day. And the next one. Uh, see, in a drink offering, uh, therefore shall be a fourth part of a hen for one lamb in the holy place shalt thou cause for the strong wine to be poured unto the Lord for a drink offering. The other lamb you offer in the evening as a meat offering and uh, as, a, as the same as a morning offering as a drink offering thereof. Okay, the next one, is your Sabbath offerings. On the Sabbath day, two lambs of the first year without spot and two-tenths deals of flour for a meat offering mingled with oil and a drink offering thereof. This is to happen every every Sabbath day. Just uh, you, have, you do it twice a week for six days and then on the Sabbath day you do it in one time. Regulations for monthly offerings. All right, you've got your daily offerings. Now you have a monthly offering. And this offering uh, is in the beginning of your months. You shall offer a burnt offering unto the Lord. This is New Year's. Uh, you offer this uh, two young bullocks and one ram, seven lambs of the first year without spot. This is, t this is at one time. First, first day of the beginning of months or the first day of the new year, you, the beginning of your month, I'm sorry, the beginning of your month. This is a monthly offering. So the first day of the month, this of every month, this is offered. And uh, you shall offer a burnt offering unto the Lord, two young bullocks and one ram, seven lambs of the first year without spot. And three tenths deal of flour 
for a meat offering mingled with oil for one bullock and two-tenths deal of flour for a meat offering mingled with oil for one ram and a several tenths deal of flour mingled with oil for a meat offering unto one lamb for a burnt offering of sweet savor, a sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord. And their drink offering shall be half a hen of wine unto a bullock, and a third part of a hen of, unto a ram, and a fourth part of a hen unto a lamb. This is the burnt offering of every month, throughout the months of the year and one now then and one kid of the goats for a sin offering unto the Lord shall be offered besides the continual burnt offering and his drink offering so besides the regular offering of uh, the continual offering the ones you do every day you add this to it in other words, you do your regular month, your regular daily offerings, and then you have your monthly offering on top of that to do. This is done on the first of every month uh, throughout the year. Regulations for the Passover. Now we're going to get into the um, Passover, the regulations for the Passover. And in the 14th day of the first month, is the Passover of the Lord. Now you remember the Passover is the day when that the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Uh, the Passover was that uh, they uh, had to kill a, a lamb of the first year without spot or without blemish and they had to take this lamb and cook this lamb and the blood that they got out of this lamb, they took uh, the hyssop and they, they put the lamb's blood in a bowl and they took the, a bunch of hyssop and they dipped it in the blood and they put it on the side, the uh, doorpost and the linen uh, lintel of their doors over their homes. And they went inside and they, they cooked this lamb. Uh, they, and they had to roast it with fire. And they had to eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. And they had to eat this with their shoes on, their coats on, their staff in their hand. In other words, they had to be ready to go at any time. Even during, right in the middle of the meal, if the Lord told them to leave, they had to leave. And uh, there was a death angel that flew over. And, and the death angel, when he flew over and he saw the blood on the doorpost, and the lentil, he, he would pass over them and he would not take their for, firstborn. But everyone all through the land of Egypt, uh, the firstborn of their cattle, the firstborn of their children, all died. And this is when Pharaoh finally decided that he had enough and, and he, he run them out of town. And uh, even after that, he still had a change of heart and went after them, but, you know, but this, this was when this was established, and this was to be done once a year, every year, uh, to have this Passover. And uh, when, they, when they started the Passover, they had to have a, a meeting uh, of everyone, in other words, a big, uh, big service-like that they had. Everyone got together and, and worshiped the Lord and uh, read some out of the books and, and different things. And uh, then he said that in this time, 
and said on the first day you'll have a holy obligation and nobody to work on the first day and then you have uh but but you shall offer a sacrifice made by fire for a burnt offering now this is on the first day this is all you can do on the first day you can't do no work whatsoever two young bullocks and one ram and seven lambs of the first year they shall be unto you without blemish and their meat offering shall be of flour mingled with oil. Three-tenths deal shall ye offer for a bullock, and two-tenths deal for a ram. A several-tenths deal shalt thou offer for every lamb throughout the seven lambs, and the one goat for a sin offering to make an atonement. So this is... Uh, and these seven days, uh, you can you cannot eat any bread that has leaven in it. All your bread has to be unleavened for these seven days. See, they they didn't have time when the Passover to let their bread rise before that they they fixed it. So they just mixed their dough up and they and they fried or cooked the baked these. Uh, unleavened cakes or, or whatever you want to call them and they ate that with their their lamb and their bitter herbs before the passover and then and then the lord said i don't want you to have any leaven whatsoever uh in your home i don't want it even in your homes for seven days during the passover and after this manner shall you off shall ye shall offer daily throughout the seven days. Now, there's an offering every day for these seven days plus your original daily offerings. And if it falls in the first part of the month, then you have to have your monthly um, offering also. And throughout the seven days, the meat of the sacrifice made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. It shall be offered besides the continual burnt offering and his drink offering. And on the seventh day, ye shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work. In other words, you have a, 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 everybody gets together on the first day and everybody gets together on the sick, on the last day. And, uh, in between times, you have these uh, offerings that you have to offer. I know that a lot of these things, a lot of these offerings, um, I know I don't understand all that there is to understand about them. But the thing that gets me is, is the magnitude of these offerings that the people had to do back then to, it didn't forgive their sins, it just... Uh, kept their sins under the blood and and sort of forgive them of their sins but uh you know it it still was they still wasn't that uh point to where that we have the salvation and we have today when when the people died back then and they died uh with the Lord and uh, they realized who the Lord was and they worshiped God and everything. And when they died, they, they went to a place, um, a, uh, like a place, a staging place. It was called paradise and they went into paradise and they were there until Jesus died upon the cross. 
And when he died upon the cross, Jesus went into paradise and he preached and, and showed himself there and, and uh, talked to the people that was there. And some of those people went into heaven with him and some of them did not. Those that did not believe, they, they went into hell because it says hell enlarged its borders. So paradise was close to hell. Uh, but they they didn't have all the the things that were going on in hell in their part of it. But when the Lord went into uh, paradise and he talked to the people that was in paradise and those that uh, believed that he was the son of God and that he died and when rose from the dead, they went with him into heaven and hell enlarged its borders. So whoever was left ended up in hell. Okay. Regulations, day of the first fruits. Now, this is the days that uh, when they, when everything starts getting ripe and everything, and they go out to their fields and they gather in all their their different uh, things that they grew. Uh, they brought the first fruits, uh, whatever that was. Uh, they brought those in to the tabernacle to the Lord. It says, also in the day of the first fruits, when you bring a new meat offering unto the Lord, after your weeks be out, ye shall have a holy convocation, ye shall do no terrible work, terrible work. But ye shall offer the burnt offering for a sweet savor unto the Lord, two young bullocks, one ram, seven lambs of the first year, and their meat offering of fine flour mingled with oil, three-tenths deal into one bullock, two-tenths deal into one ram, a several-tenths deal into one lamb throughout the seven lambs, and the one kid of the goats to make an atonement. And you, and this offering is also beside all your other different offerings that you make on a daily and a monthly basis. Now then, if I can find it, but I read somewhere... I knew I should have wrote that down. They give an estimate of exactly how many animals that were sacrificed in a year's time, and it it was it was quite staggering of how many that was offered. Here we go. Ancient scores tell us that these sacrifices we required the deaths of 255,600 animals each year. Each year. They had, they had to offer these animals each year. Now then, these people were in the wilderness for 40 years. Every year, they offered over 255,000 animals every year. 255,000 animals. And you think God wasn't blessing these people? God blessed these people every way they turned. And they, they still, just like us today, God blesses us every way that we turn. And still yet, we still find something to complain about. Still yet, we find something to complain about. You know, I have met people that it seems like that 
their most joyous time in life is when they are finding something to complain about to somebody else. It doesn't matter if it really makes any difference or not. It's just something to complain about. We really need to take the time to thank God for exactly for what we have. Don't worry about for what we haven't got. Thank him for what we have got and bless it and use it for the glory of God and God will bless us back. But we cannot expect to be blessed and to be handed everything uh, just because we think that we need it He's not, this is not going to happen. God will give us what he thinks, what he knows that he can trust us with. It may be something that we need. He will supply our need, okay? Let's, our need, our basic need, he will supply that. Food, water, clothes. Uh, he will supply those things. Housing, place to sleep. He will supply those things. Now then, all those other things that we want, that we think that we can't live without, uh, he, he's not going to supply a whole lot of those because some of those things can be more of a curse than they can, can, than they can be a blessing. And like I've said many times, you know, if I find something I would like to have that I'd really want, I ask God for it, but I tell God, if, he, if I can't have it, and it be a blessing to him and be able to use it for his glory, I don't need it. If it's going to come between me and God, I don't want it. If it's going to become a curse to me, I don't want it. But if I can use it for God's glory and I can use it uh, to uplift him and I can really thank God for it and, and use it and not worry about it coming between me and the Lord, fine bring it on but you know if i don't get it then i'm i'm don't worry about it oh sure i i think about it i'd still like to have it but maybe the lord will give it to me one of these days and maybe he won't but if it's going to come between me and god i don't want it and, and all all of these all of these sacrifices, all these animals, they, they didn't forgive the sins. They, they just they covered them up, and we still had to ask God to forgive us of our sins at, one, at a certain point in time. We had to bow down and ask God to forgive us of our sins and understand that he is the Son of God and understand that he did die upon a cross. He went through all the, the, the whipping and uh, all the uh, different things that he went through and, and was hung upon a cross, and he died on that cross for our sins. He had our sins upon him when he hung up on that cross, and they laid him in a tomb, a borrowed tomb. It wasn't even his tomb, and he, and he had just borrowed it, and they laid him in that tomb. And they load, rolled a big stone in front of that tomb and they put guards on each side of that stone so that the disciples wouldn't come and roll the stone away and take his body and say that he rose. And then on the third day, he did. He arose. But 
in those three days, he went into hell. And he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from Satan. We don't have to uh, fear death. We don't have to fear the grave. We don't have to fear Satan. Satan has no control over us. Death has no control over us. Fear should not have any control over us because the Lord has taken care of all those things for us. When he was in, when he was in the tomb, he was in hell taking care of those things for us. He, even though he was supposed to be dead, he was still doing things for his children, doing things for mankind so that we wouldn't have to worry about going to, uh, closing our eyes and going to sleep at night because we wouldn't have to worry and fear finances, fear life, fear other people, fear, fear Satan. He took care of all those things. We don't have to fear any of those things. We don't have to worry about none of those things. All we need to be concerned about is our relationship with the Lord. That's what we need to be concerned about. That's what we need to be worried about. The Lord will take care of everything else. Now we need to focus our sight on the Lord and focus our, on our, our ability to do things and put those abilities to use for the Lord and let the Lord show us what he wants us to do. Yes, and you know, Right now, in this time that, that we're in right now with, with the COVID and, and the uh, presidential election and all the things that's going on there, we really need to be about the Father's business. I know I, I harp on this a lot, but this is the one thing that the Lord has. I, everywhere that I go, every minister that I listen to, as a matter of fact, this past weekend, um, uh, we had a three-day revival at the church, and every we had three different pastors. Each, each well, we had had on uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. And each one of those pastors, there was three different pastors. None of them of our uh, congregation. They were different churches, but every one of them was basically the same thing: to be about the Father's business. There's a work for you to do, and you need to do, be doing that work. Yes, it is, it is scary. It is very scary when you get to thinking about doing something for the Lord. And, and it still concerns me even today. Can, do I mess up? <laughs> yes, I do. Let me tell you, I mess up a lot of times. There's, there's things that I get in my mind and I, I get them turned around. I call people the wrong names. I get the wrong people uh, in the wrong places. And yes, I mess up all the time. But the thing about it is, is I would rather mess up a thousand times for the Lord and know that I'm doing what he wants me to do than never mess up and be perfect and live for Satan and die and go to hell. It's, that's just the way it is. I'm not going to worry about messing up anymore. I'm going to worry about doing what the Lord wants me to do. And he's not going to call you to do something that you are comfortable with. I've said this before. He's going to call you to do that thing which you know the least amount about. I know how to teach. I know how to preach. 
uh, I can do that. I can go to to any church and I can teach or I can preach. I can I can even do it on Facebook. But now then, here we go. The Lord says, I want you to start a podcast. I said, how hard could this be? <laughs> Let me tell you, it's no easy task. There's a lot of things, and especially me, because uh, a lot of the basic stuff and a little bit of the hard stuff, I know about computers and and laptops and and tablets and things like that. But when it gets into some of the things that I had to get into to get this podcast going and things that I still need to learn that I want to do to this podcast, I ain't got a clue. I thank God for Podbean. Uh, They they are the one that powers my um, podcast and they have a lot of videos and i thank god for them and i thank god for that for the people that took time to do those videos that they can help people like me if it hadn't have been for them i would still be struggling and trying to figure out how to do this but see god's got everything under control he knows exactly what we need he knows exactly how we're supposed to do it and he will tell us exactly how we're supposed to do it if we want to know and if we want to learn I, I had a lot of uh, times of, of uh, frustration and I had to ask the Lord to forgive me a lot of times and uh, a lot of tears and a lot of aggravation, but here I am. Uh, I, you know, and it, it's, it's a blessing to me. I really look forward to it. I, and, and sometimes I sit down here and I know exactly what I'm going to say and, and I've got a, a a definite thing uh, planned out and I've got notes and all that and then sometimes I study and I study and I study and I ain't got the first clue of what I'm going to do. But the Lord has never, not one time, has the Lord ever let me down. Has he ever failed me? He always gives me what is needed at that time. And you say, well, I, you know, a lot of people don't listen to these till maybe days or months down the road. Yes, but, you know, that's, that's the God I serve. Because when the people need the word, it's going to be there for them. Just exactly what they need, whether it be tomorrow, whether it be next week, whether it be next year. God has got everything under control and we need to follow him and we need to lean on him and not our own understanding because we, we, I cannot figure this stuff out. There's, there's things in the Bible that I still do not understand and there will be things in the Bible that I will not understand when I leave this world. But what I do understand, but, but what, I, what I do understand, the Lord gives it to me when I need it and when you all need it. So, you know, we, we, we worry about things that are out of our control. We are concerned about things that are out of our control. What we need to worry about is the things that we can control. The one thing that we can control is our soul. And the other thing that we can, can control is our relationship with our Lord. Those should be the top two priorities on our minds every day of every uh, every day of every year 
Those are the things that we should be worried about and not everything else because the Lord will take care of everything else. And these, let me tell you, these Israelites, they had a, uh, a lot of work to do to get uh, salvation, if you will, to get their, their uh, sins under the blood, to keep in, in a right standing with God. They had a lot of work to do. And these priests, uh, listen, the, they, the priests, they stood at that altar from just about from daylight till dark. And, you know, I mean, let's, let's, it takes a lot of time to, to prepare these sacrifices and to put them on this brazen altar and to, to burn them or cook them or whatever it was that, that was needed at that time. And, and you had to keep all of these uh, different uh, ways of doing different sacrifices in your mind and you had to concentrate on those which one am I doing now and we you had to keep up with all that yeah there was a lot to keep up with and it it, it could become uh, rather mind-boggling and and uh, I can't think of the other word I'm, I'm trying to think of but it could it could get to you sometimes yeah, I'm sure that there was times that uh, the priests would just like to have sat down and just took uh, a week off and done absolutely nothing uh, for a week, you know, because they, they were constantly going. They were constantly doing something. Listen, we as children of God, we need to be constantly doing something for the Lord whether it's praying for people, whether it's praising him, whether it is helping someone that is in need, whether it is witnessing to someone, we need to give to him every day. Listen, the Bible says that we are to give a tenth every, uh, every day to the Lord. We are to give a tenth to him. That does not only mean our money. You know, when we get up, when I get our, I get my check on uh, the weekend. Tenth, a tenth part of that check goes to the Lord. That's not. That's not all my uh, my ties. That's not all my ties. I owe God a tenth part of my time. I owe him a tenth part of my time. So that means that two, two hours and 40 minutes every day belongs to God. Now then, I need to figure out exactly how to take that time, that two hours and 40 minutes, and to use it for the glory of God. And weekends, you know, I can get in two hours, uh, three hours, maybe even four hours of study time and reading the Bible and praying and all that. But, you know, on the week, on the weekdays when I have to work, you know, it's about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half. That's the max that I can get in praying and studying. But, you know, the thing about it is, is when we take time while we're driving down the road or while we're at work or wherever we at, and we take time, some, the Lord brings somebody to our mind and we start praying for that person and we ask God to, to uh, bless them and to touch them or we take time, we sing songs and, and praises, we sing praises to the Lord or we just, we just stop and tell the Lord, say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for being with me today and thank you for keeping me safe.
that's all time that we spent with the Lord. And you know what? Really, if when you get to the point to where that you really desire to, to to praise the Lord during the day and and tell the Lord you love Him and and to sing praises unto Him and and do all these things, it 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 comes to a point to where that you want to do it. It comes to a point to where that you're you getting a little braver and and it doesn't matter what people thinks about you. And you can hold your hands up in your workplace and praise the Lord, or you somebody's sick, or or uh, somebody in your workplace place needs prayer. You take time out to pray for those people. This is this is our tithe. This is our tithe. It's that tenth part of the day that w- that belongs to God. That's all He asks for, of all the time that He gives us, and all the money that He gives us. He just asks for one tenth of our money and one-tenth of our time. And, uh, you know, even their first fruits and uh, the things that they grew, he asked for one-tenth. Bring me one-tenth of that into the into the tabernacle, into the priest. Give that to them. That's all I asked for. And, you know, he will bless everything else. And he, I'm telling you what, if you really, if you really get into it and get in deep into it, and study just exactly how much, how much water that it took to feed the children of Israel and and their animals, and how much uh, food that it took to feed not only the children of Israel but everybody that was with them, uh, it, it's astronomical. And then on top of that. Here's these 255,000 animals, a plus animals a year that are sacrificed that God is replacing as time goes on. So yeah, God is blessing him in a great and mighty way. And just like us, the children of Israel, very rarely did they ever thank God for what he gave them. I mean, they got they got up every morning and they went out and they they picked this this uh, manna up off of the ground and they made cakes out of it and they, and it 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 kept them uh, sustained for forty years in the wilderness. It kept them sustained, and he always uh, supplied them with water, not only for them but for their animals and for everybody else that was with them. They always had something to eat. They always had uh, water. They always had clothes. They always had the animals that they needed to do the sacrifices, even though they were in the wilderness. And God was blessing them every way that they turned. You know what I found out when I stopped complaining and I stopped wanting wanting this and wanting that and wondering why God was, or why the the sinners and the people that were out in the world and, and doing every kind of an ungodly thing that ever was, to, how come that they, uh, they were getting blessed and I wasn't? And when I started thanking God for what I had and appreciating what I had and thankful and, and content with what I had, then the Lord started blessing me with more. You know, I, I, my wife and I have, have been able to do a lot of things for the church and some of the people of the church, all because God has blessed us. We were able to pass it on. And see, that's another thing. When God blesses you with uh, 
of whatever he blesses you with, food, money, clothes, housing, cars, whatever God blesses you with, help someone else. Help someone that's less fortunate. And, you know, we was talking in church. I can't remember now what night it was, but we was talking about, you know, uh, the government never was uh, really the ones that take care of the the widow the widow widows and the orphan children. The government never never was one. The church always done it, and the church has gotten away from doing that. The church has gotten away from helping people. The church has gotten away from it's our little group and and that's it. You know, if you're not in our little group, you don't get none of our help. And you know, it's. It, it's not supposed to be that way. It doesn't matter who you are. Our our thing right now with, with my our church, a strong tower, our thing right now is feeding people, those that are in need, feeding those people. God, God is blessing our food ministry <laughs> every time we turn around. God is blessing our food ministry, and we are we are able to help so many people once a month. We get together on Sunday night, and we we fix a meal, uh, whether it be hamburgers, spaghetti, uh, whatever. Uh, We fix a meal, and we fix about 200 meals, and we take those out into the community around the church there and up into town, and we, we distribute those meals out. And we get to do that once a month. When we started that, that, that program, when we started, uh, we, we have never been, uh, without, we have never had a whole lot of money. Okay. And the week before our first meal, our basement flooded in the church. So we had to rip all the carpet out. We had we had to take all the baseboards up, and we had to have a group come in, a uh, contractor come in, and uh, help seal up some of the places so the water wouldn't come in, and put down new uh, linoleum uh, tiles all the way through the whole downstairs, and and uh, we still haven't got it completely finished. But that that exhausted about every penny of money that we had. And you know what? When it came time to to feed, the Lord blessed us, and we had plenty of money and plenty of food to do what we needed to do. And we just keep growing. All because that we want to. We want to. And matter of fact, the pastor said that he was going to call it off. He wasn't going to have it because of this uh, great expense that we had uh, redoing the basement. And the Lord told him, said, no, you're not. Said you're going to do it anyway, and he has blessed us. And during this COVID, uh, people out of work and work down and everything. Our uh, finances are getting a little low again. And our last last month, when we had our feeding, uh, our meals, Pastor said, "Unless the Lord moves in a great and a mighty way," he said. We're not going to be able to have it next month. He said we might be able to have. Uh, Something, you know, something spaghetti or something like that. <laughs> Let me tell you, last Sunday of this month, we're going to fix 200 complete Thanksgiving meals and distribute them. 200 meals. 
turkey and the whole nine yards. All because God is blessing us. You can't outgive God. You can't outdo God. God will bless you. But you, children of God, you are going to have to turn your heart and life over to him. And you're going to have to give him complete control of your life. And you're going to have to do that job, whether you want to or not, you're going to have to do that job that God has called you to do, no matter what it is. So you just might as well just give it up and, and go out and do it. I don't know if you all remember the, uh, uh, the story of Jonah, uh, how he ended up in the belly of a whale, how the Lord wanted him to go to Nineveh to, uh, to preach to Nineveh. Uh, if y'all get to chance, if y'all get time and have the resources, go, go check out Nineveh and find out just exactly what kind of a place Nineveh was. It was a very, very ungodly, ruthless bunch of people. They'd go to war just because one of them looked at you and didn't like you. And the Lord wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach to these people. And Jonah said, there ain't no way. And he went another way and got in trouble. But he ended up going to Nineveh anyway. And I've got a, a way before this, I've got a little piece of sheet of paper on the ball board, bulletin board in the back. And it said, said, whoever's supposed to go to Nineveh, go already. So we need to go to Nineveh, whether we want to or not. We, we might as well buckle down and go to Nineveh because sooner or later we're going to end up there anyway. And if you, uh, like I said, if you remember the story, um, if you don't go into the Bible and read it, it's, it's a great story. And uh, he ended up in the belly of the great fish and the great fish vomited him out on a, on a, on a, uh, on a shore right close to Nineveh so he didn't have to walk very far to do what God wanted him to do to begin with. But I thank you all for listening, and I, I hope and pray that you all just, just really just examine your life. Do a, do a real good spiritual checkup and find out exactly where you stand with the Lord because, people, time is getting short. And you can look around you, and if, and if you've had any re, any teachings or anything to do with the Word of God uh, in your lifetime, you know that it can't be very long. But I thank you all for listening, and I hope God blesses you all in a great way. And, and until the next time, thank you.